the Red Pill Plus Podcast. And we're now doing News Plus Sports. There's no orange man bad, war good, uniparty mantra here. Red Pill Plus. Red Pill Plus. Sports Plus News. Done right. Welcome to the Red Pill Plus Podcast. This is Donnie Copeland. I'm so thankful that you have joined us on this uh, early Thursday morning, about 1.51 a.m. on Thursday, February 15th. Hope you had a great um, Valentine's Day. Hope you uh, you guys passed the test and uh, took care of business and got your sweetheart uh, Valentine. Uh, so the the card people did it again. Hey, let's be honest. Uh, we need uh, built-in days that helps us. We care, we love, but we need help uh, showing it. And uh, and and you know, it, besides the ways we show it by trying to help our mates and and do what we need to do and and what we want to do. Um, so, but we need somebody to help us and motivate us. Uh, it's a little peer pressure, right? With the cards, flowers, uh, treats, uh, gifts. We need all the help we can get. So, kudos to who came up with that. And uh, win win, right? Win win for the retailers, win for us because we are forced to do how we feel anyway and, you know, what we really want to. Um, <laughs> what we want to express, we just need a little help. So kudos. Um, so we're going to be talking about the w- WNBA tonight. I uh, hope you didn't cut me off once I said that. Uh, I think once I give you the title, you know, there was a one of these garbage shows on Showtime or HBO or something. It was called uh, something to do with L, and of course it was lesbians. Um, and uh, so I thought it kind of nifty tonight to title this episode, The WNBA Has an L Problem. Uh, and uh, if you'll notice, I said an L problem. I was writing that out, and it, I kept writing it out for the uh, image that goes when we post this, the thumbnail. And it kept, I kept writing A-L problem, and I thought, that doesn't sound right. But L's not a vowel. And then, so I looked it up, and because L is actually uh, pronounced uh, or enunciated, uh, E-L, then it's not the letter, it's the pronunciation or enunciation of the letter. Thus, uh, an L problem, not a 
L problem. So, hey, learn something new every day, right? Who says you can't teach an old dog new tricks? Uh, we are brought to you tonight by the Red River Auto uh, dealership, redriverauto.com, redriverauto.com, the most patriotic, patriotic car dealership in America. Buy a car from redriverauto.com anywhere in the United States, uh, at least in the Continental 48 contiguous and uh, you will not be sorry. You, you will be thrilled. Also, we're brought to you by MyPillow, MyPillow.com. Don't forget that promo code RED. Uh, and uh, man, I, if, if you get anything, get the pillow, get the slippers, get the sheets. Those are my top three. Pillows, uh, slippers, and sheets. Uh, and then last but not least is the uh, PurposeMediaPublishing.com. We just finished another book, really neat book um, that uh, one of our authors, this is her second or third, second book that she has uh, published through us. Uh, her name is Jan Madden, and she has just finished a book about her mother who was a iconic figure in uh, their religious, uh, our religious circles. And I, I, I knew her mother and father from a distance. Certainly didn't know them personally, but they were pretty iconic. Her mother's, but ironically, her mother was born and raised in a town in North Texas where I pastored for my wife and I and our kids for 16 years, uh, Sherman, Texas. And uh, and the book has a lot about Sherman in it, so it's pretty neat, uh, kind of full circle thing. It's called I'm a Gene. And uh, it'll be available on uh, Amazon and so forth. But anyway, that's a book we just finished. Uh, we got another book that we're looking at possibly doing that is actually um, a ghostwriting deal. The the guy's got a lot of great stories. He's just not a writer. So we're probably going to ghostwrite that. We can do pretty much anything if you're a writer or if, you're, if you have a story and you just don't know how to write it, we'll help you write it. Uh, and uh, we're very reasonable. We'll we'll put it on payments, no interest for you. We just want to get you published, and uh, we love the process. We love working with our writers, and uh, would love for you to uh, get in the Purpose Media Publishing family. And uh, also, if you have a um, possibly a podcast idea, and maybe you've got a pretty good social following. Uh, you got a hobby or something, and you got a podcast idea, hit us up with it at, at uh, PurposeMediaPublishing.com. Uh, and you can go there, fill out the form, whether it's a book, a podcast idea, and who knows, maybe we can get you on our podcast network. So looking forward to it. Tonight, the WNBA has an L problem. And actually, they have at least three L problems, and we're going to talk about them tonight. And we'll talk about them in what I would think are the uh, from less serious to most serious, uh, from most relative to less relative. Uh, and some of these may surprise you, uh, but when you think of you know the the term L uh, in this modern day culture, you obviously think lesbian. And that is one of the L's, uh, and I used it uh, to gain to get attention. I didn't want to use the word lesbian in the image 
just because people would feel like I was bashing and they probably, some wouldn't listen. Um, you know, here's my thing. I think most people, whether they're watching a movie or whether they're following a band or, you know, maybe a solo artist or an athletic, uh, a sports team, uh, that, you know, somebody's sexual orientation, while I think there's a different issue, and by the way, we're going to do a, we're going to do a show Probably tomorrow night, we're going to do a show on the the Jesus Super Bowl ads and show you, uh, kind of uh, break those down for you. So we'll, we'll, again, we do sports and we do culture. We do news, sports, culture, news. Um, and so I don't think most people, if there's, you know, one or two lesbians on a uh, NBA team, you know, that's... If, if you had one every, let's say you had one every five teams, what's a roster's, what, 15 probably, and you had one every five or eight teams, then that would be indicative of the lesbian population in America, about probably three, somewhere between three and a half, five percent, something like that. Used to be one or two, um, but it's, it's definitely grown. Um, and so... Now you have, but but that's that's not the issue in the WNBA. You don't have uh, a, a representative proportion of lesbians in the NBA. You have some say forty percent. Most believe it's more like ninety percent of the players are lesbians. And so what you have is you have these less, uh, and this no, you know. Hey, kudos if, if my granddaughter was playing. I've got three granddaughters. If they were playing uh, w, WNBA, I'd be supporting them. I support anybody. And I'm not even, you know, th their sexual orientation, while there is a difference between, and this is where I got off a while ago, earlier, there is a difference between what the Bible says about uh, gay or sexual orientation and how the general public purchases or attends, those are two different issues. I can have a problem with you moral and not agree with you morally and and still watch your basketball game, you know. I'm not, I'm not as narrow-minded as the tolerant left, where the tolerant left won't, won't have anything to do with you if you're a Trump supporter or if you're a Christian. You know, you're, you're a... Uh, they like to say we make people pariahs because of their sexual orientation. But actually, they make us pariahs because we're Christian, because we're Trump supporters. So spare me the outrage. Uh, so, see, here, here's what I believe. And I, I think it's, not only do I believe it, I think it's empirical. The, the evidence is pretty clear. Is that Hollywood is the most degenerative place on the face of the earth. I'm talking about the actors and actresses and their lifestyle, you know, and yet people watch watch it. I don't watch much of it. There's very little of it. I can I can stomach. It's just bad. It's it's not even who they are. But then I know they hate President Trump. I know, you know, they hate you and me. Uh so why would I sit and watch that and support that? Uh, so that's one thing, but we still, we do. I mean, listen, 
if straight white Christians, Trump supporters, quit supporting Hollywood, quit going to movies, uh, quit listening to bands, uh, less so bands because it's more Gen Z and millennial, uh, there wouldn't be movies, there wouldn't be books, it wouldn't be, I mean, you, you would not have, uh, you could not have a product, could not have a movie, could not have an industry without MAGA, without Christians, without straight white people. So, you know, th th that straight white people don't support the de degeneracy is just plain wrong. The opposite is true. So l let's, let's put that on the table. We're talking about the first L, lesbianism. Is, is a problem for the WNBA. Here's why. If, if I, as a 62-year-old guy with a six-year-old, I've got a four-year-old, six-year-old, and 16-year-old granddaughters, I don't want to take them to a WNBA game that is a lesbian fest. I just don't. You know, my wife wouldn't want to do that. She's a woman. I guarantee you, if I asked my wife, said, hey, you want to go sit courtside WNBA game or go to a NBA game and sit in the nosebleeds. She's going to pick an NBA game all the time, uh, 100%, as is most women. But then you take, which not, is 95% of your attending population of a WNBA game, they're straight, white, Christian, probably 55 60% are MAGA, they're not going to watch a lesbian fest. That is really boring basketball. A lot of missed layups. A lot of underhanded balls that jam between the rim and the backboard. They're just, they're just, you know, there's just no appeal there. And so, uh, look, I, I, I'm not saying, well, you get a bunch of straight, you know, Straight girls in there is going to change overnight. That that's not really the issue. Don't don't get this twisted. It's not. It's not just that they're lesbian. It's 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 a persona. It's a uh, you know there there's just no. And I'm gonna get to the other L, and I'm I'm about to bleed into it here. But there, let's make no mistake about it. You know, if if baseball was you know, 90% gay, it, it would affect baseball, men's baseball. If, you know, and, and put that on anything else, it's just, you you, do, you know, it's like, a, a you know, somebody gay going to something that is, uh, you know, overtly masculine, overtly, uh, you know, uh, heterosexual. And when it's just that in your face, and it's that manly, uh, you know, I, but I really do, I think that is number three. I think that is the least uh, problem, but I think it is there. It's less with, I don't think people consciously say, no, as much lesbians, I don't want to go. It's not that. It, it bleeds into the second one, and that is what I call the second L is the, uh, number two. So we start with number three, we're working up to number one. And number two is likability. I think number two could easily be number one, but I think it is number two. And that is uh, the second L problem that the WNBA has 
is a likability problem. And I think part of that is the manliness, the lesbian uh, element. Um, you know, think of uh, the soccer player, was it Rapinoe? You know, just how utterly unlikable she is. She's just not, she's not somebody, and it has nothing to do with her sexual orientation. She's just not very likable. You know, what was the gay guy that was on uh, America's Got Talent or, or The Voice, or not The Voice, but the little real Weasley guy? And he, he was actually very likable. Uh, you know, and, and I'm sure if I thought long enough, I could think of people that are gay that are, you know, that are entertainers, uh, are in media, and, and they're they're likable. You know, they're not somebody that you just say, ugh. But, you know, Megan, Megan Rapinoe, uh, is just so snarky and so just, you know, uh, just not somebody you want to, you want to be around. You don't want to give them your money. You don't want to just, just a snot. And so uh, you, you see that with the, the WNBA, and that's not all-inclusive. That's not everybody. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of very engaging, very nice uh, young ladies that are part of the WNBA, but unfortunately, a lot of their people that are the face of the WNBA are just not very likable. They're not very, and, and I'm going to be honest, a lot of that is uh, you got women who have a lot of male traits, and it's, it's just a, it's a turnoff. And I don't mean that in a, in a you know, physical way. I just mean in a likability factor. And listen, here's the thing you have to know is in politics and in inter entertainment and anything in life, likability is huge. And so I think the number one problem, the number three problem that the WNBA has is definitely a, a lesbian problem. It's just too much overt uh, sexuality. And so the, the guy like me that has three granddaughters, you know, I, I don't want to take them to that and subject them to that. Now, if it's, you know, one, one gay person here and there, still don't condone it or still don't, not don't agree with it, but I'm not going to boycott it. And I'm not going to boycott it now because it's 90% lesbian. It's just not very enjoyable. It's just, it just has a, 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 a creepy or not creepy, um, a downer vibe to it. It just does. Uh, and, and, and the numbers bear it out. Uh, so, and, and we're going to get to that with the, uh, with the last L, but but right now, likability, there's just no likability. Now, I did a, uh, and, and I can't believe, I, I've never even given the WNBA hardly any thought. I've done literally two or three shows now about it. Uh, but it's been in the news a lot. You know, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, says something about, hey, a lot of good athletes in the WNBA, but it's, you know, uh, Professional ping pong is actually more entertaining. It was used as an analogy, you know, wasn't wasn't as much literal, but he's right. It's just not it's not entertaining. Uh, you look at the NBA; they constantly are changing the game. They're constantly, you know, uh, the game's evolving. They're changing rules to make it more entertaining. And the WNBA just keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again. And then I talked about 
uh, one, one of the last episodes we did about Caitlin Clark. I mean, they're already geared up for her. They're already preparing people. Uh, she could actually save the WNBA, but th they're going to ruin that. And, and a lot of that's because of the tolerant left is actually the intolerant left. While they preach tolerance to us, they are the most intolerant people on the face of the earth. She's not going to be welcome. I would not be surprised if they don't try to intentionally hurt her and, and to uh, in, intentionally hurt her permanently so she can't play. Um, while she could, you know, she could be the rising tide that lifts all boats. But, you know, Rush Limbaugh always said this. He said, look, that um, make no mistake about it. Uh, progressivism, uh, Marxism, is that a word? Uh, the Democrat Party, it's not about policy. It's, it's not about identity politics uh, at all. It's, it's not about, you know, it's not about uh, they love black people, they love Hispanic people. They love progressive black people. They love progressive, it's about ideology. And if you don't fit the ideology, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, she could be black, she could be black, Hispanic, uh, she could be a half black, half Hispanic, half transgender lesbian, uh, and if she was MAGA, they would hate her guts. But that's that's bottom line, because it's, you know, it's all or nothing. You like who we like, you vote for who we want you to vote for, you think the way we want you to think, or you can't be a part of us. And you have that problem in the WNBA. You have... Uh, you know, 90% lesbians, you have this straight white girl, it's 90% black, 90% lesbian, and then you bring in this straight white girl who can light it up from outside, and, there, you know, regardless if she could revolutionize the league and single-handedly save it, much like Larry Bird and Irvin Magic, uh, Irvin, uh, Magic Johnson did in, in the late 70s, early 80s, and she definitely could do that, but who knows? Maybe they'll let her, maybe they won't. So I think one, or number three, the WNBA has a lesbian problem. That's one L problem. The second one they have is a likability problem. And the third and last L is they have a, a loss problem. They're losing money, lose money every year. Uh, they, uh, and, and they, the, the, the women in the WNBA keeps talking about making, they don't want to make the same as men, but they want to make something on par. But here's the problem. The NBA made $9 billion, with a B, dollars last year. Now, the bulk of that is TV money because a lot of people watch the uh, NBA. Nothing like college football, nothing like NFL, but still, relatively, a lot of people watch the NBA. And so they have a $9 billion between merch, between ticket sales, all the endorsements, uh, and then the uh, television deal, nine and some change billion a year. The, uh, the WNBA grossed 75 million last year uh, and lost 10 million. So, you know, uh, gross 75 million, spent 85 million. And so, and every bit of that money, when well, I said they grossed 75 uh, million, 
if I'm not mistaken, I think most of that money comes from the NBA, if not all of it. So, so I think if you saw the real numbers, it, it, it wouldn't be even, I, I don't, I mean, look at the arenas when they play. I don't, I don't think there's any way, no, they don't have any eyeballs watching the games. So I don't think there's any way you're generating, you're actually generating $75 million worth of revenue. I think most of that revenue is coming from the NBA personally, and I, I could definitely be wrong. But when you look at the, you know, the cost of arenas, the cost of, uh, you know, salaries, uh, you know, cost of insurance, everything else to do with the WNBA, uh, it's, it's hard for me to imagine that there's $75 million worth of income coming in. And you say, oh, well, just people don't like watching women's sports. Well, that's not true. Uh, because women's tennis is actually pretty, uh, is, is actually very big. Uh, Dana uh, Patrick, you know, raced, uh, you know, it was a Formula One, not Formula One, uh, NASCAR was, uh, no, no, she was Formula One, uh, very popular. Um, uh, ladies gymnastics, listen, uh, you know, ladies basketball, ladies college basketball, ladies college gymnastics, uh, professional gymnastics, uh, uh, figure skating, one of the most popular sports, uh, but it's, there's a different dynamic. You don't have the predominantly uh, in ice skating, uh, in gymnastics, maybe, maybe not, uh, the tremendous lesbian problem. Uh, you don't have the likability problem, and you certainly don't have the, you probably do have the loss problem because I don't think they're hugely revenue generating. Uh, but, well, I, I think you do. You do have a lot of people watch Gymnastics. You have a lot of people watch ice skating, figure skating. You have a lot, a lot, lot, lot of people watching. Uh, I mean, it pales in comparison between women's college basketball versus the WNBA. It's just a lot more exciting, uh, competitive game, and so, um, so you, you, the, the WNBA, you, you have a choice. You know, you can adapt or die. It's like everything else in life. You have to adapt or die. And one, uh, I don't think you can go in there and say, okay, everybody, don't be lesbians. You know, I mean, obviously that's not going to work. But I do think, you know, I look, and, and we can spend a lot of time on this, but I think a lot of the L issue, lesbian issue rather, uh, is that you you have a predominantly black uh population as far as uh, players. And, and I think the problem within the black community with, with lesbianism in, in black females is they have no male in the home. And so here's what happens, and this is for white or black, but there's su such a disparity between males in black homes versus males in white homes. It's, it's, there's a 30 or 40 point gap between those. And uh, probably 50% of, uh, something like, I think it's 45% of white homes doesn't have a father in it. They're, they have a father and that father's mostly active in their lives. They just don't live in the same home, the two biological parents. But in the black home, 
a lot of them have never known, a lot of the young black ladies and black men have never known their father and certainly have very little, if any, contact with him. And again, that's not all inclusive and that's not all, that's not a blanket statement, but that is the facts. And it's more like 85, 90% of those homes. So guess what happens when you have a young lady or young young men, uh, young men, uh, here's the two ways they go. But we're talking about women tonight at the WNBA, and we can address the men later if you want. But here's the facts. When there's no man in the home, then the the way a young girl looks at men goes one or two ways, and neither one of them are good, uh, typically. And again, this is not all-encompassing. There's a lot of young black ladies, young girls, that are have a very healthy mindset, despite not having a father in the home, uh, but this is this is by far and large the, uh, the the rule rather than the exception is they go one or two ways they become very promiscuous with males because again they're craving that male companionship or they go the opposite way so man men are you know they're low lives they you're never around you know and and they're push the other way toward. Females, listen, God knew what he was doing when he put a man and a woman together and put them in a home. And when you don't have that, to think there's not going to be major, major uh, issues because of that is is really being super naive. Well, you fast forward that, so you've got a league, talk about the WNBA, that's predominantly black. And, and these young ladies come into the WNBA and they bring that sexuality, which is lesbianism, with them. And with that comes this very, and again, this is not, not all-encompassing. It doesn't, it's not a generalized statement, but it, there's just a, you have a female, with female attributes, with male, uh, female features, but with male uh, attributes and personality and it's, it's just, it's not very likable. So uh, th that's number one. And, and I don't know, it's less, now they're responsible. You know, they're responsible for their choices. Uh, but they're, they're sure set up for failure. Uh, I'll, I'll say it that way. Uh, I think they're still held responsible by God and by society how they conduct themselves. But... They're sure set up. It, it's, it makes it diff, more difficult to be successful when you start out in the home that way. So you come to the league of the WNBA, it's 90% lesbians. Nobody wants to watch that. You know, they're just, they're manly. You know, you, it's, it's like seeing a dog that acts like a cat. It's just off-putting, and, and it just is. And, and I know people won't want to hear this and won't like it, but it, it just is what it is. Uh, secondly, you have the likability issue, which bleeds right into that. So first is the lesbian issue. So the WNBA has an L issue. Secondly is the likability issue. Uh, it's not just that they're lesbian, but people don't like them. It's the whining about not making as much money as the NBA. Well... You make $9 billion a year, and you can probably get paid like NBA players. But you, 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 you play before empty stadiums. 
nobody watches your games and you lose $10 million a year. Uh, if you did revenue sharing, you can't, rev you can't share negative revenue. You, you, you know, the NBA is having to subsidize you. And so maybe they're making $65 million and the NBA is only subsidizing them 10 But uh, they're losing $10 million a year. Uh, so and then the last one is, again, the, the loss issue, the financial loss. That's why you don't make as much. Nobody's watching. So how do you fix it? Because here's something I hate. I hate when somebody says, well, here's your problem. Okay, you tell me my problem now. How do I fix it? Okay, so I don't think you go in and say, uh, you know, I, I don't think you go in and say, uh, okay, girls, we want you to get your boyfriend. You know, even just pretend. Obviously, that doesn't work. So I do think society as a whole, we, we have to solve the, and this is not, this is not to fix the WNBA, but as a society, we have to solve the lack, one, the government has to quit subsidizing or incentivizing uh, males not to be in black homes. That's been going on for 60 years. Let me say that again. The U.S. government has been subsidizing or incentivizing, rather, for black men not to be in a, in a home. And so I think there's a lot, and we can talk about that later, but there's a lot of things that can be done. But that's way off. That's a 30, 50-year, you know, uh, rollout plan uh, to to solve what the issue is right now, both in society and the WNBA. So what could the WNBA do? One, they could they could draft players. And listen, this is not just white players. Uh, I, I've seen just many white players, uh, lesbians, very manly, that are not likable at all. Megan Rapinoe, she's white as a lily, and that is one of the most off-putting. Just, yeah, I mean, like fingernails on a, on a chalkboard people you'll ever want to meet. God bless her. You know, I, I don't hate her or dislike her, uh, I, but I don't want to listen to her, don't want to watch her. If she's on a subway commercial, I cut it off. I just, she's just, you know, how she treats people, just how she looks at life. Well, when you have all these g girls on there whining about not making enough money and, and they ought to be making more money. That doesn't make you likable. Uh, and you got to fix the losses. So what the WNBA is, has to do, they have to, they have to start uh, drafting. N don't necessarily draft the top players coming out. Yeah, obviously, uh, obviously draft the best players. But you also got to draft players that are marketable. You got to draft players that are fun to watch, not just dominant. You know, it can't just be all the good players on LSU women's basketball or all the good players uh, on South Carolina or Stanford. You, you got to get players that smile. You got to get players that the crowd likes. Uh, you got to get players that shoot outside, players that are great dribblers. This is the entertainment business and you, you have to you have to draft players that people want to watch. People watch it in college, they're gonna follow them in college. And then you I tell you what, you gotta lay down the law. And when you bring in a Caitlin Clark, 
Are you bringing in Haley Van Lith from uh, from LSU or are the the big tall girl from uh, Stanford? And you tell those locker rooms, hey, if if we have a problem with you and hazing or are causing problems for these young ladies who are not of your sexual orientation, uh, you're out of the league. Uh, if if we catch you trying to intentionally hurt somebody or conspiring to hurt somebody uh, and and cause them physical harm, you're out of the league. And it won't take long for that that to get around. And you, the the WNBA starts drafting players, and again, not just white players, uh, but draft players that people want to watch. Uh, listen, for people to say, well, reason WNBA is not WNBA is not popular is because so many lesbians. That's, that that is a little truth to it. Uh, or it's all black. That doesn't float. Because the NBA, in fact, I would even say the NBA, you have a lot of guys, you know, what is it, 75% black. Uh, a lot of guys sleep around, you know, their morals don't line up. And again, I'm not making this all inclusive, but it's it's pretty rampant. You just read the stories. But people go and they watch because that sleeping around stuff and that they're black, nobody cares. Uh, but a lot of times they're entertaining, they're likable, and no, they don't line up to my morals because they, you know, are constantly committing adultery or fornication, but it's not in my face. And so that, there's a big difference. Uh, but they're black, and, and that crowd is predominantly white. So it's not race. Uh, it's not even the moral. It's the moral or the morality issue being put in your face uh, with, you know, just... Uh, it, it would be like if you went to the NBA and every player was super was super feminine and was, you know, uh, you know, and then they weren't very entertaining, they weren't very likable. And you do have some of that in the NBA, they're not very likable, but by far and large, it's entertaining. And entertaining can make up a lot for people not being likable. And you do, you have some jerks in the NBA, uh, you know, and you have some good players and, and nice people in the WNBA. Again, it's not all, you know, it's not a generalized uh, issue or statement. But I'm talking about predominantly. You have in the NBA, you have black players, 74%, that are highly entertaining. No, they don't necessarily meet your moral standards the way they live their lives. But there's enough entertainment value there and you can go and kind of escape life, either watch it on television or going live and watch it. And it's, it's a ticket worth the money. And so that's the WNBA's problem. Now, he, here's where the WNBA is going to have problems is when they say, you know what? Uh, we, in fact, I heard Lexi Brown say this on Gilbert Arenas' uh, podcast. She said, you know, we're not changing our game. Uh, and she's talking about lowering the rims. And I, 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 I can get that. I, I, I agree with her, actually. But she was talking about how we play. We're not going to change our game so people come to the games. Well, you better, because it won't be a league if you don't. Now, yeah, I don't think you 
I don't think you have to lower the rim. I think you have to get people that are entertaining. And then you got to be likable. You, you got to be somebody that is deeply thankful that you get to do this for a living and you're engaged and entertaining uh, to the fans. Uh, and you being this super defensive chip on your shoulder, the world's out to get me, uh, you know, everybody hates me because I'm gay uh, vibe coming off. And then the basketball's not very good. It's just a horrible, horrible combination. So you gotta, you got to recruit players. That the WNBA has got to open the game up, make it more uh, fun as far as three-point shooters, uh, you know, tweak the game, keep tweaking it, making it entertaining. Uh, but right now, you have a you have an L problem, you know, in the WNBA. Can it be fixed? Absolutely, it can be fixed. Will it be fixed easy and fast? Nope, but it can be fixed. Hey, this has been Donnie Copeland with the Red Pill Plus podcast. So thankful for you joining us. Uh, don't forget, we're going to be jumping on here and talking about the uh, Super Bowl commercials. I may go through several commercials, but I want to talk specifically about the ones about Jesus and feel like how far off scripturally they are. We'll also do some fun with the Dunkin' Donuts, which is one of my favorites. Uh, I hope you uh, enjoyed the show tonight. Thank you to the 11 countries and 17 states uh, that are listening. Tell somebody about the podcast and uh, we'll be back on here soon. And uh, you take care of yourself. Thanks again for listening. You've been listening to the Red Pill Plus Podcast. Sports Plus News done right. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. In the meantime, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Red Pill Plus. And check the website at docwashburn.com slash redpill. Pill.